Podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your Smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. Kayla Lord's here with the wonderful, fabulous, my friend, Molly Moore. I just like saying nice things about you, Molly. That's why like, I want to do the intro so I can say wonderful things about my friend, Molly Moore, who I love. Uh, we are back with our December mailbag episode. It is our last mailbag of 2019. So I cannot mm-hmm. wait to see the questions that we start getting for 2020. But we got some really, really good questions for this month. Like, was reading the questions on Twitter and went, I have thoughts. I totally have uh-huh. thoughts. So um, just a reminder, we will remind you uh, later if, uh, you know, at the end of the episode, toward the end, anytime you have a question, you don't have to wait for us to beg on uh, Twitter for questions. You can uh, email us individually, DM us, uh, shout, you know, just tweet at us. Um, I know on the Smutlancer uh, website, I have a page called Ask the Smutlancer. You can submit your questions at any, any, any time, and we will happily consider them for inclusion in the mailbag episode. Um, Mm -hmm. We love questions. It gives us something to talk about. It lets us know what's on your mind. We can pretend we think we know what you need to know, (laughs) but it is helpful to actually know what you want to know. So feel free at any point, anytime you're listening to a podcast episode, you read a blog post, you see a conversation happening on Twitter. If it raises a question and you want to know more about it, feel free to tag us in some way so we can see your questions and we will add them to our list. Okay, so we're going to get straight into it because all of the questions are good and I can see the potential for uh, somebody named Kayla Lords to go off the rails trying to answer them. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to start with a question from um, Calliope. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, It's a word I've always read and never actually said. Uh, At Queer Courtesan on um, uh, Twitter. Uh, how do you not get ahead of yourself? Like, I know where I want to get to, but figuring out the right steps from here to there is overwhelming. Same. Uh- <laughs> 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 Molly, I'm going to let you start with this. What say you? Uh, yeah, same. Totally get it. It can be really difficult. And weirdly, I think we're going to say this a lot, actually, in this episode, but seriously, go back and listen to... Last week's episode where we talked about goal setting, um, I can't recommend it highly enough. I think it will be helpful. Um, it's a massive topic. It was quite a long episode, but I would really recommend it. Otherwise, we could just go through the whole episode here again. Um, okay, so I know where I want to get to, but figuring out the right steps from here to there is overwhelming. Yes, it is, isn't it? And I think one of the things I would say is... 
break it down as much as you can and look at things. So not everything, for example, has to contribute to where you want to get to. Some things are just because you actually decide you want to do them. So you're completely allowed to go, oh, this doesn't really fit in, but I like it because or whatever. Um, So that's totally valid. And secondly, yeah, I think break it apart as much as you can. You say that you want to know where you want to get to, but maybe if it's overwhelming, where you want to get to is maybe feels too big, too far away. And so maybe you need to make some stepping stones along the way. So I'm trying to think of an example. So say, you know, in two years time, you wanted to give up your day gig and do freelancing full time. I'm just using this as an example. That's a totally worthy goal to have and to decide to have but how do you get there and I think that that's where I would say yes have that big goal but break it down where you could then say in within the next six months I would like to have got x amount of money in like I would or I like to have picked up jobs doing this or whatever and so break it down into smaller things those things as you go along those stepping stones reach you to your big goal in a year or two years or three years time but you've broken them down into goals that feel smaller and more manageable rather than you're literally just focusing on this giant one in the future and so I guess you know are they smaller goals are they actionable steps it's however you want to see them Um, but I think actually seeing having some key smaller goals along the way to the big goal is one way of defeating this a bit i agree completely um (laughs) like mm, yeah you said it you said exactly kind of what i would say the other thing that i came to mind is um two things one i think it's the word the the phrase you used of the right steps so it is very easy to believe that there is a one mm-hmm. correct path to the end result. <laughs> the, one t- the one two way. Yes, the one two way. There, There is no one two way. Um, and so part of it is realizing that this is a journey, even though you have a goal that is kind of a destination, is kind of a place you're trying to get to, it's a journey, it's a path. So um if that's part of what's making you feel kind of overwhelmed is that you sometimes feel like, somehow feel like you have to pick the exact right way in order to get started, that would be the thing that I would say try to let go of. And that is way easier to say than it is to do. I totally get it. Um, and to realize that to pick a few of the steps that you think will be what you need to do and start there, give yourself yeah. time to sort of see how they fit into your your life and your the way you work and how you feel about things give them time to you know to to become a little bit easier to do because sometimes we don't like a a new goal or a new thing to do because it's difficult at first because we don't know how to do it quite yet there's a lot of learning that has to go on Uh, but give yourself that time uh how long that time is is arbitrary i would say at least six months unless you you try it and you immediately go i hate this i never want to do this then it's like a hard limit just just chuck it just don't do it um but don't think you have to know all of the steps on this journey start with a few that you're like yeah those might work and then as you start 
navigating them, toss the ones that yep. don't, add in something new. It is very easy. And I, I think there's an expression and I don't know the exact expression, but I think it's like education creep, I think is what I've heard it called, where what happens is you want to do a thing, you go out into the world to try to learn as much as you can about it with the thinking that if you can somehow learn all the things, then you will, st when you finally start, you will do it completely right because you learned all of the things. A, mm -hmm. a couple things happen here. One, you end up educating yourself more than you do the thing, which is not productive. And two, you get overwhelmed by all the ways there are to accomplish a goal. And that is probably the biggest takeaway I have, which is there are no right steps. There are only the right steps for you. You will not know something is a right step until you do yeah. it and see how it works. Um, a right step for me does not have to be a right step for you. Molly and yeah. I have gotten to fairly similar places in different ways. And yeah. neither of us is wrong and neither of us is right. So Right. And I mean, you did touch on it there, but also don't be afraid to abandon a step. Yes. Whether that's, you know, to literally just go, okay, this one's not working out the window. So uh, like, that's the thing. Because otherwise, if you are like, what's the right step? You, As Kayla said, you can't find it till you start doing it. And it's absolutely valid to go, ooh, that wasn't actually the right step. So I'm going to set that aside. It may be that you're like, ooh, that's not the right step for this, but it's, it could be the right step for something in the future. So it's maybe something you come back to, or else it's just like, ooh, out the window, that was a bad idea. Idea. so yeah don't be afraid to to identify it as not the right step and put it and be like well i'm going to give up on that and i'm going to do something else because i think it's going to work better exactly and if we're going to get down to nitty-gritty and you're like yeah, yeah that's lovely that's high level i need to know how to figure out the steps right now um i will say go ahead and sort of look at what other people have done people that you might sort of trust or feel comfortable talking to ask them hey what do you do how did you get to this level how did you establish that relationship uh, whether it's affiliate links or it's clients or it's whatever whatever your ultimate goal is but uh -huh. when you do that in order to get you know some concrete ideas that's where it then comes back into okay do not think you one have to follow every single idea you're given or two that there is a correct order that will automatically get you to where you want that that just doesn't uh -huh. exist and the other thing i would say is um sort of like i think i just want to reiterate what molly said at the beginning which is do not also try to convince yourself that you're supposed to somehow reach whatever that goal is at, on an arbitrary date because it that does make it kind of too big and too immediate so um two-year goal great five-year goal great but break down what you can do today and in six months and a year from now in those smaller steps. So yeah, I think, do you feel like we covered I their think question? So. Okay. And, and yes, and I will say yet again, please do go back and listen to last week's episode. Absolutely. I think hopefully you will get more out of that than, than our brief answer here. And if it does raise other questions, like I said at the beginning, feel free, reach out and we will do our best to address those questions. Okay, uh -huh. so the next question uh, is from Rantings of a Nonsensical Mind at Rantings of a NM. That's what happens when you have a long name, I totally feel you on there. Um, kind of comes back to goals because we're at that time of year, people are thinking about their goals, their plans for next year. Um, how do you determine a big goal for the year versus your <laughs> smaller goals? Molly? Uh, yeah, again, do please go and listen to last week's episode. Uh, we do 
it's all about goals. So I think you will find some stuff there. Big goals and small goals. Okay. Um, goals are goals are goals. Whether they're like a massive goal, a huge thing. Let's use the same example I had before. I want to give up my day gig and do this full time. And I'm, I want to do that within two years. Let's just pretend that's the goal. That's a big goal, without a doubt. Like Nobody can say that's not a big goal. That's a massive goal. But a totally acceptable goal may be I want to blog every day for a month. And that's also a goal, big or small. I don't know that, like, it's... It, I guess you can say that's a smaller goal, but for some people that would be a massive goal. So I think looking at them, like what makes them big and small to you is relevant because it may be that that seems like a small goal to somebody and someone else that would be a massive goal. What I think is important to look at is, are there is there a big goal? And are there, in fact, there are goals along the way to get you to that big goal? In when in which case, perhaps the goals along the way, yes, they're goals, but also maybe they're kind of like actionable steps or, uh, you know, roads that you go on the way i think really having a good hard think about as i said having a big thing where you want to get to is a really good idea and then breaking that down and how you might achieve that and exploring which is kind of what we just answered in the previous question actually how you get there um and um i also want to say something about realism so I, I don't know where you are in your situation, like how much free time you have, how much time you have to put to potentially projects. And so if you don't have a lot of time and this is a, something that you just are exploring, then what may sound like a small goal actually might be a massive goal. And so be realistic about what those words even mean to you and what you can potentially achieve. That doesn't mean set yourself something that perhaps is bigger um, because, you know, you can totally aspire to bigger and more, but be realistic about whether that's actually achievable, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Otherwise, you're just setting yourself up to fuck it, to be like, oh my God, I'm never going to get there. And I I completely agree and actually had not even thought of that. So I'm really glad you went first because I was like, that actually makes total sense because you're right. It is all relative. My big goal might look to somebody else like a fucking pipe dream. Nobody's ever get going to get there. And your yeah. your big goal might do the same to somebody else and it be nothing like our there's no we all fall into the trap of comparison and we have to get do our best yeah. to get out of that because it serves nobody and nothing. Um, the thing I would say, and I guess I would caution against saying you have to have a big goal for the year. I mm -hmm. think it is important to have big goals. I think it's important to have dreams and aspirations. To me, dreams and aspirations are the goals I have not yet worked on uh, <laughs> that are like so distant and so like far off I can't like I maybe I'm working towards it and I don't realize it but I'm not actively with a list of smaller goals working towards it um but so if you want to have a big goal I would just say maybe don't say it has to be this big goal that's achieved in 2020 unless that quote big goal is something that is very much defined by a time frame like I want to blog every day for a month. Well, 
if you do that at some point in 2020, then that is a 2020 goal. But it doesn't have to be, I want to blog. My biggest goal is to blog, you know, from January 1st to January 30th. And if I don't do that, I'm a failure. That's, let's, let's not, let's get away from that thinking. Um, so give yourself space for your big goal, I think is what I'm saying. So if your big goal of the year is something that realistically, I think it goes back to what Molly said about being realistic, could be achieved in a year because it has a set time frame. I want to pitch 50 article ideas in 2020. That's potentially achievable. That's a big goal. That's a one year project. But if your goal is like Molly said with her example, I want to uh, quit my full-time job and go be a smut lancer and you know make my own money, make, do my own thing. I would be very hesitant to pin yourself into that as a year's goal. We talked about that in last week's episode. Uh, I think we harp, I think I'm sure I harped on it because <laughs> I've learned some hard lessons about tying goals to timeframes. Um, so that, that would just be the thing I would say when you're determining what a big goal is for the year, there's nothing wrong with having a specific goal you're trying to reach for the year, but just be sure it's something that you can conceivably finish in a year and then if you don't finish it in a year, please do not then beat yourself up for it. Yeah. Just give yourself more time and go, okay, life happened. And also, and we talked about this in the last episode, celebrate what you did get done. Maybe your goal is I'm going to pitch 50 websites this year with article ideas and you quote only and quote pitch 25. 25 is not bad. You know, 25 is better than zero. So when you're thinking of big goal versus small goal, think of it in terms of that. And then the other thing is when I think of big goal versus small goal, my small goals for a year will often not always feed the big goal. So I can't achieve right. the big goal without the small goals. And that's how I differentiate between those two goals. It's not always true. Sometimes I have a goal that I want to do something that is for my own personal pleasure. When I've done February mm -hmm. photo fest, I didn't do it to, build my audience. I didn't do it to make money. I did it because it was a little challenge I wanted to try to do and see if I could mm -hmm. do it. And so that was a small goal that did not fit into an overall big goal. But that is how for simplicity's sake, I break down. I go, here's the big thing I want to accomplish this year. What do I have? What are the steps to get to it? Those are my small goals. And that's how I tend to do it. But I think I might have just repeated what you said. Sorry about that, Molly. <laughs> no, I think it's fine. I think we're good. Okay, so I'm going to move on to the next question. This yeah. one is from Coffee and Kink, Amy Norton. She is at Coffee and Kink on Twitter. And the question is, how do you work full-time, go to grad school part-time, and actually update your sex blog more than once a month all at the same time? Like, literally, when you feel like you just cannot fit it all in, but desperately want to. Um, I'm, we did not laugh at you, Amy, because, but we did chuckle, because we both went, yeah, we know. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to let Molly start, and then I'll, I'll pipe up later. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't. I don't think it matters whether like it's. Yeah. I mean, obviously, in in your case, um, it does, but because that's your thing. But whether it, whether you're trying to juggle grad school or whether you're trying to juggle parenting and a full time job or like whatever it is, um, this is a, this is a massive thing. Um, I think for lots and lots and lots of people, um, 
And one of the things I would say, again, go back and listen to the last week's episode. I know I sound like a broken record, but we touched on and we talked about, and I think it's actually really important here, really relevant here, is looking at what you do now and being really fucking honest about it with yourself. So actually genuinely sit down, get a notebook or whatever, sit down and write lists of the things that you do now. So the so and separate those out. So maybe, you know, what do you do or have to do is professionally for your work wise? What do you have to do, need to do for in this situation, school? And, you know, what do you have to do for blog? And even then maybe a personal one, like what things do you do there? Be really honest about those things. And like in my case, it would be looking at it. This is something that I am planning to doing is making a big long list of all the things I do, all the various projects I do, all the jobs I do, blah, blah, blah. And then sit down and go through that list and be like, are all these things, things that I A, have to do? Because if there are things that you have to do, you have to do. Like go to your full-time job. Clearly you can't say, oh, I'm not going to do that. Like, so the have to do things get to stay. And maybe you can highlight them in a certain color. Like they get to stay. But then there are maybe things on your list where you can go, okay, I do this thing. Is it, is it beneficial in some way? And I want to say that, be very careful, not everything beneficial has to be money beneficiary. Some of the things that you do may be beneficial to you in a um, personal sense, in a creative way or whatever. So look at those various projects and be like, are they adding to what I want to do or are they just taking up a huge amount of time and stopping me from doing the thing that I do want to do in your case is to blog more than once a month. So for example, one of the things that you would put on your list, um, Amy, would be the um, Smutathon. That would be the kind of things where, so you write a big list, you include all those little things, big projects, little projects, and then go through and be quite ruthless about them. What do they add to you professionally, personally, creatively, da-da-da-da-da. And hopefully that will get you to a stage where you go, okay, interesting, here are some things I do that don't actually add anything and that I could give up or I could not do. Hopefully in this process, you will then free up some space and some time where you can then go, this is important to me. You want to fit in more blogging. So how do you do that? And I think that would be my advice of a very practical way of looking at how you achieve that because you have clearly said that this is something you want to do more of. And so you've really got to look and be honest about those things, be a little bit ruthless and then look at how you can like manage that time better. And if you can take some things away, then you have more space to do this one thing that you want to do. I agree completely. I, I sound like a broken record now. I will, I'll link to it in the show notes. I will also point you back to, it ended up being my session at Eroticon in 2019, but I also blogged it, which is doing a little bit of time management and doing something similar to that, but looking at how you're spending your time. Um, mm-hmm. All scrolling, Netflix binging, and other things mm-hmm. we do to distract ourselves are not awful. It is not evil to spend time working out your thumbs on your smartphone, mindlessly looking at things, but it is not also always very good for us. And it is very easy for us to let time get away from us. And we spend an hour scrolling when maybe we could have spent 30 minutes scrolling and 30 minutes working on the other things we want to do. So 
I will say that I'll link back to that so that maybe some time management might be part of it. Um, yeah. There, there are two realities here and I've, I've had to kind of get comfortable with them. One is if you want to do a lot of things at the same time and you decide come hell or high water, all of these things I want to do are important to me. Time management is absolutely a must. Yeah. Whatever method, calendar blocking or just scheduling yourself out the ass or just massive to-do list. Like it does it doesn't matter what the method is. Time management is absolutely necessary. The other reality that is sometimes very hard for ambitious, goal-oriented people to accept, and I still struggle with this, is that sometimes, despite your best efforts, you cannot do all of the things. things. You have to pick and choose. And I don't mean you have to pick and choose forever either. Sometimes you have to temporarily pick and choose. Sometimes your blog has to go quiet this month because you have a project due because you had a lot of work Mm -hmm. trips because you had a deadline that was just massive. Like there's all kinds of things that interfere with it. And so there is also then, and normally Molly says it and I get to say it. You also want to practice self forgiveness and say that you are not and understand and internalize that you are not a failure because you tried to do all the things and something had to be like pushed to the side temporarily. Um, Mm -hmm. That is, that is just the nature of it. The hardest, I think one of the hardest lessons I've learned as a online content creator, person who wants to earn money from my endeavors on the internet is that, I, everything is not a prior, a top priority. Things are important. Things are meaningful to us. Things are valuable to us. But on any given day, week or month, everything cannot be top priority. It can feel that way. It can feel like the most important thing you need to do are all the things you want to do. But when you're looking at it on a a granular level, like your day or your week, you have to make decisions with your time, your effort, your energy, your your internal resources, your external resources, and something will have to give. Something will just fall down a little bit. And being able to tell yourself and to believe it that that is okay, that you have not failed in some way, that um, you can pick that up when you have some time, That yeah. is that keeps me a little bit less of an anxious mess. Like I'm a little bit calmer for that. The other thing I would say is when you find yourself with unexpected time that you didn't have planned in, that you didn't have blocked off, that you're like, oh, somebody canceled, somebody did this, somebody did that. Um, You obviously have to make choices about what to do with that time. And sometimes what you really need to do is go to sleep or go hang out with somebody that you care about or do, you know, take care of yourself in a way that's not about work. But sometimes what you do is you go, Ooh, this is found time. I did not have it scheduled uh-huh. in. What can I do with this time? And that might be the time that you schedule things ahead. There have, it's been a long time since I've done this, but there were months there for a while where it looked like I was blogging all the time. And actually what I was doing was like blogging once a week and scheduling. And I looked like I was there and I wasn't really there. So you can, and I know you know, I know Amy knows that, but I think it's worth reminding people that you can schedule your, schedule content if we're talking about your sex blog 
or schedule other things for those times that you know life is going to take over and you're not going to be able to be there live and in person. But maybe you have that blog post ready and waiting. Maybe it's a draft. Maybe you actually schedule it. But use those little pockets of found time when it makes sense to do that for these yeah. other things. And um, and then, yeah, I, I agree completely with Molly. Ruthlessly assess all the things you do. And... May, and sometimes you make hard decisions. I am thinking since we we um, have already talked about goal setting in the other episode and now we're answering these questions, I I know that's what I have to do for 2020. And I am already thinking of some very hard choices I'm probably going to have to make of what to let go of in order to make space for other things. And it's not always easy. It really isn't. Sometimes you you temporarily or permanently, depending on what it is, Stop doing a thing that you enjoy doing that you want to do, but just uh, it doesn't fit right now. And again, it doesn't mean that uh -huh. you're you're giving it up forever necessarily. You're just giving yourself permission to put that down and focus yeah. on other things. And I think that that's really and, important. And also in context of goals, it may be right now, Amy, I don't know the answer to this, by the way. I'm just making a suggestion here that full-time work and grad school are more important towards whatever potentially maybe you have a big goal and those two things are working towards that big goal more than your blog is. And so that may be that actually you go, hmm, well, that's interesting. And therefore, maybe blogging once a month on your sex blog is actually the right answer. I'm not suggesting it is. I'm just saying, again, about being really ruthless about those things like which of those things is leading you towards a goal that you want to achieve and also which of those things gives you some pleasure like it's absolutely totally safe to say you know what my sex blog isn't currently leading me towards my goal because my goal is this other thing over here but it's something i enjoy do and it gives and it brings me pleasure and so i do actually want to work out how i can fit that in and then that obviously takes us back to what both kayla and i have said about how you can find that time and that space so yeah Yes. And also, I just, I'm going to say it again, because I think all of us need this message more often. Forgive yourself and do your best to <laughs> stop thinking that you are somehow a failure because you cannot do all the things uh -huh. she said to remind herself. <laughs> we are not meant to do all of the things all of the time. Um, we can make ourselves sick. We can burn ourselves out. We can do uh -huh. really, really shitty work on all levels because we're going full steam on all things and you only have so many resources to be able to do those things. So just understand that there's no like scorecard in the sky. No, you know, uh, all powerful being is watching all of us and going, oh, that Amy, she only blogged once this month. She gets an F as sex blogger for the month of December. Like it doesn't work that way. It is all like the internal stuff that we feel about our own productivity and our own goals and our own aspirations and the things we want to be doing. And I think if we just all cut ourselves a little bit more slack and went, you know what? I don't have to do everything perfectly every moment of the day. And it's okay if it goes a little quiet. It's oh, give yourself permission to not meet your own internal ideas of the ideal perf perfect whatever thing that you envision that you were somehow supposed to be and then it does become mm -hmm. a little bit easier to go you know what this month i got one blog post in and that's all i fucking had room for okay and it's not great and you don't love it but it's also not the worst thing you've ever done and you don't have to beat yourself up over it either 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so the moms just gave you some tough love there, Amy. We love you. <laughs> okay, last question. This one is from McSnillen at McSnillen on Twitter. Um, and this one, ooh, gave me immediate thoughts. So this, I think this will be good. They asked, how do you make yourself more marketable, end quote, without compromising or losing your identity and or personality too much? I regularly struggle with feeling undesirable as a blogger to most as being a fat, hairy, non-passing queer person with a girl cock. And that makes me inherently niche. Go for it, Molly. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> what is this? The, uh, the mailbag where Molly has to go first all the yes. time. Yes. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> She's so mean to me. I know, but I also will suck up all the oxygen. And if I don't let you go first, <laughs> I might talk for 30 minutes by myself. It's bad. Okay. So... I, okay, well, I think that sometimes you have to, like, own your niche. And so, clearly, in this situation, you have even identified that potentially you could be inherently niche. And maybe that is something that you need to embrace and say, so this is me. This is um, my identity or the places where I feel I have... um, something to offer, where I have knowledge, where are subjects that I can write about, um, that I can be, offer something on. Own that stuff. And I actually think make that stuff marketable. There are lots and lots of companies out of there, out there, sorry, who want to reach into various communities for let's call them marginalized communities and they have no idea how to do it they have no idea how to do it they have no or or they do it and or attempt to do it and don't do it very well um and i think my advice to you would be to potentially own your niche (laughs) for want of a better word and use that to your advantage and say i actually have something to offer these people companies or whatever who are looking for this kind of help or knowledge and how can i what can i offer them i think would be the thing that i would say so it's very easy to feel like you have to get to a point or a grade or an acceptance where somebody the magic sex blog fairy casts a spell and says you are now a good enough blogger whatever that might mean that you can now pitch yourself to people or that people are going to come to you and that fairy is bullshit she doesn't exist and you totally get to uh, sprinkle your own glitter dust and decide that you have something to offer so my suggestion would be think about what you can do think about how you can market yourself and approach companies go to companies have ideas of how you want to work with them that's the one thing i will say approaching a company with a pitch and saying hey i have i i know this stuff or i would like to do this stuff but not actually giving them something really tangible about what you could potentially do for them will leave them going oh that's interesting but i don't really know what you're offering me so i guess one of the things you need to do is look at like what potentially could you offer um in that situation so uh, perhaps you could offer some kind of consulting perhaps it's about reviews how you would take a different 
point of view in your reviews, how that them sending you products for reviews potentially opens them up to your readers and your community who come to you because you are the person that you are, the fabulous person that you are. So, and that you can then help those companies access those people and um, give give voice to that. So that would be my my thing. Um, yeah, losing your identity or personality too much. Like I would try never to do that. I think that what makes all of us what with what we do is that we all have quite strong identities slash personalities. And I would absolutely say, hold, grab onto that. Be proud of those things. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I feel like, like, I don't want to say to you, oh my goodness, just, uh, you know, play on your niche. <laughs> and, 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 because then also that can then very much, um, almost pen you in then you just become that thing um and so but i think there's a balance there and i think you can totally make magic with with what you've got and who you are i, I completely can uh, believe that i really do i said she agrees <laughs> i feel it coming on i can i can feel it in you know in my agreement department wait for it go on <laughs> Uh, in my uh, stint <laughs> as a broken record, I completely agree with Molly. Um, a few things do come to mind that I think get are easy to uh, forget when you may maybe have goals of things you want to reach, especially if you find yourself in that, I keep saying this, very common trap of comparison. Um, first of all, the most successful, long-term successful, and I want to put air quotes around successful because one person's definition of success is different from another's, but the most successful online content creators are the people with the, the clearest identity, personality, and or point of view. They are the people who do not tone themselves down um, on, in certain ways to make others comfortable. Um, and so what that means is that not every company or brand says yes when mm -hmm. working with you. And also, and I know Mix Nolan knows this, they are much more attuned to some of the problematic things in the adult space than even I am. Um, you don't want to work with all those brands. You don't want to align yourself with every brand mm -hmm. just because you yes. could. So I think being yourself is... Um, the word authenticity gets just thrown around online and it can easily get overused, but I think this is the best word for it. Being your most authentic self, I think becoming savvy about um, business opportunities and working with audiences and some of those things, some of those skills that you end up learning over time, those are important. But you can do all of that and be exactly who you are um, with your own boundaries mm -hmm. and, the, and the way you present yourself. Like you get, I think, I think it is important that you be who you are because then what happens is no matter the size of your audience, the audience you end up having is more committed to you, is more loyal to you, um, trusts you more. That makes you 
that is what makes you more marketable to a savvy brand. Now a savvy brand, there are brands out there who, and I still get this myself, they look at my numbers and they think that the numbers are all that matters. Numbers can be important. They can be important in setting rates. They can be important in attracting attention uh, of certain larger brands with um, bigger dollars. That is true. But the best brands I've ever worked with cared less about the total number and cared more about my engagement. They noticed that if I tweeted something, people responded. They noticed that if I had an opinion on a topic, people commented. And it is, and so the, the term we use is engagement. And when you are your authentic self and you build an audience around who you are without softening every rough edge or putting on uh -huh. this veneer of what you think would make you safe for brands, you build an audience of people who engage with you so that when you come to them and say, hey, I really like this product, I really like this brand, I respect what they're doing, you, maybe you should try this out, you carry a lot more sway and power and uh, influence. I mean, I hesitate to use the term influencer, but it it's not the worst word ever um, because you've built that rapport with your audience. So depending on where you're at um, growth wise, uh, it may take a little bit longer. That is the thing I've learned about being really, really, I'm not as niche, obviously, but I, in my own niche as well, um, growth does take longer, um, especially mm -hmm. in the adult space anyway. We I was just going to say, I think that's the case for all of us yeah. because we are essentially, the, the minute you are in adult community, adult content creator, um, you, you are inherently niche instantly exactly. obviously then there's degrees of that exactly um but we are all um facing similar issues around you know censorship being able to use platforms differently you know how we can develop those spaces um and here's the th that those are universal truths for exactly all of us, I and think. here's the thing to a certain degree, those are also truths for brands. So what a good, smart yes. brand wants to do is they want to get in front of an audience that engages with the creator. So yeah, yeah they might offer less for a smaller audience. Um, and some don't get it yet. And you know what? They're going to go down in flames. Give it a couple of years when they're not actively yeah. reaching people. And they just think they can just like put up a tweet or put up a Facebook post and money just magically rolls in. Uh, but the people who get it, who understand that you are the person who can help them reach the audiences that they need to reach in order to survive, what they offer will change as you grow. If you keep doing what you're doing and finding the ways that work for you and work for your audience and learning those other skills about how to sort of expand those things and do those things, you know, maybe better or more efficiently or whatever, um, you grow the audience and you hopefully keep the engagement. The best brands, I swear to you, the best brands are the ones who care about how the audience interacts with the information. It does no good for, I'll use myself as an example. Loving BDSM, we get sponsorships every so often. They're starting to come in a little bit more. I don't wanna jinx myself, but it's very exciting to have podcast sponsorships. 
But one of the things they're looking at is, I don't care how many downloads you get to an episode, how many people actually click on a link? How many people sign up for mm -hmm. an offer? How many people use a coupon code? Now I can never guarantee those numbers. I don't care how big my audience becomes. I'll never be able to guarantee those numbers, but that's what keeps people coming back. And that's what happens when you're just, you're, you're, self with your audience and you and your audience appreciates you for who you are i feel like i have like we're, i'm making this a very long-winded answer but i just i had so many thoughts nilan when i saw your question <laughs> i had so many thoughts so what i would say is do like molly said do not wait for somebody to anoint you as somehow ready to work with brands Go and approach the brands you want to be associated with. Go and approach the brands that you think would be a good fit for your audience. And talk about the things you can provide that maybe somebody else can't, or it doesn't even have to be that, but that what you offer, you know, you have people who are talking to you here. You have, you know, send them a link to a blog post where you got a lot of engagement on it and people were talking to you and interacting with you. Um, make sure they know your social media handle so they can go see for themselves firsthand and show them what you offer and a company that you want to work with that wants to work with, get in front of your audience. It might not offer very much at first. It might take a while, but they, those things will, can happen and you don't have to be somebody other than who you are. Um, it is actually who you are will be the selling point because who you are is what built your audience. Right. And my other little thing is I would say to you is kind of a question back at you as well is like, have you pitched to people, not necessarily even just from the sense of like what you could do for a company, but maybe some article ideas. Think like, you know what? There's quite a few people out there who take stuff. Some people pay more than others, but yeah. Be like, be a bit, be bold. Be like, you know what? I've got an idea for this article about whatever. I'm going to pitch it. Pitch it to one place. If they don't take it, move on, try somewhere else. I'm sure we could always even offer some potential suggestions of places that you could pitch to. But I would totally be like, yeah, you definitely have knowledge that other people don't do have, lived experience that other people don't have, but that other people want to know about, there is somewhere out there who wants to read the article that you've written because they're going to go, oh my God, now I realize that I it's okay for me to feel like the way I do. So I would like market that. Yeah, I would, I would say to anybody out there, um, lean into who you are. Now, let's caveat this. If you are a shitty human being, try not to lean into the shittiness. Um, let's, let's, <laughs> let's learn how to be better people. But if you're an internet troll, right, don't lean into that shit. We will come for you. Um, but yeah, if, you know, I think that, uh, that most of us hopefully are self-aware enough to go, whoo, I can see how I don't fit into the mainstream or a type of mainstream. And that can certainly give us you know, feelings and insecurities and make us worry that maybe we won't reach our goals because we are too far out of on what we perceive or what might correctly be like the mainstream. Um, that's the moment I say lean into it because um, most of us are never going to, trying to appeal to the masses, whatever that might be, um, get you almost nowhere because then you stop saying things that are interesting or important or that, you know, you, you people get bored and they move on because at that point you become like somebody else. And, and what really sets us all apart is 
being who we we are within our own personal boundaries. Like I can be authentic and not tell people every detail of my life. It probably does not seem that way between all the podcasts and blogs I run, but really there are things I hold back. But I, I am who I am. Who you get on from me online, that's that's who I am in real life. And people can feel that. People feel that intuitively. Um, that authenticity. They might not have the words for it. They might not know what to call it, but they can sense when you're being yourself. And so I say, lean into it. And um, it can be you being who you are is marketable to the right people. It may be slower. It may be smaller growth. It may take a little bit longer. It, you know, yeah, that that's the hard part, but I think it becomes more meaningful because then you're working with companies you want to work with. You're doing work that's meaningful to you. You're not hopefully waking up one day feeling icky because you partnered with that brand or that site. And now you're like, Oh God, this, this is not who I am. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to end with that. Lean into who you are because <laughs> who you are is legit who you are is valid who you are is i think some you know something the world needs more of we need more of the uniqueness of life instead of the sort of bland everybody the same conformity bullshit i don't think we've got i, I know we've sort of been doing that for millennia but i'm not sure it's gotten us very far so <laughs> let's try being ourselves and unapologetically and unabashedly just just lean into it that's there, there. I think I'm done talking. Am I done talking, Molly? I think she, I think she's done talking. Lord, I told you I had thoughts on this one. I had so many thoughts on this one. These were, we always get really good questions. The, this month, I these were great questions. Thank you, everybody. Yes, they were. Everybody for your questions. Remember, let me remind you, like I said I would, if a question comes up when you're listening to a podcast episode or you're reading a blog post or you see something online and it just... Bing, I got a question. Maybe maybe Molly and Kayla can answer it. Um, reach out to us wherever we're at. We're on Twitter, uh, at Molly's Daily Kiss, at The Smut Lancer. Um, on thesmutlancer.com, I have a page called Ask The Smut Lancer. Email us, wherever, wherever. Just comment on a blog post, whatever it might be. And um, we will add it to our list and we'll try to address it. I sometimes take these questions and turn them into blog posts as well for the people who prefer to read their content versus um, podcast episodes or people who want to be able to reference back to something written later. So yeah, we we are here for all that. And the other thing is, uh, and not at all shameless plug, I am shamefully, no, I'm not shamefully, I'm not shamelessly, I'm totally plugging the Smut Lancers Patreon community because guess what? Mm -hmm. When you join at the $5 a month level, you end up, you get access to our Slack channel. And our Slack channel um, is where all of the Smut Lancers who feel comfortable participating uh, talk to one another. And we have one thread that is just, um, ask anything and whatever question comes up, whoever has an opinion, a thought, an answer will come in and answer it. And you might get five different perspectives on a question. You, you know, I have a, a way I do it and I'll come in and go, here's what I do. And then Molly will come in and go, here's what I do. And somebody else will come in and go, here's what I do. And then you can kind of pick and choose what works best for you, but you get more real time, immediate answers to some of your questions. So smut uh patreon.com slash the smut lancers patreon.com slash the smut lancers linked in the show notes um linked on the smut lancer website uh, you can actually search us on patreon that's very rare um adult creators know we're not searchable but since smut lancers is not actually adult content 
we're still searchable for right now. So yay. Um, so yeah, that is how you can can join us and be part of that community and get even more answers when you have even more questions. Okay. I think I like rattled that off very quickly. I think I did that. <laughs> okay. Um, for once, I think I can say I, I have no more thoughts. I mean, I have thoughts. We know I have thoughts. Uh, but I, I was going to say, don't be, you're being silly now. <laughs> right? Uh, you should get me to a hospital if I stop having thoughts. Um, Molly, do you have any parting thoughts? Anything you want to end this week's episode on? Mm, I don't think so. I I love the questions that we had this time and thank you very much for sending them in. That's brilliant. It definitely helps to give us ideas for stuff. Um, we definitely want to hear from you um, in the future. We are looking forward to 2020 big time, I think. And, um, oh, I don't know. Should we tell say we're taking a little Christmas breakage? I think we should say that, shouldn't we? Should we should probably say that. Mom? Yes, I think we should actually say that. So after this week, we have two more weeks. Um, there'll be my solo episode and Molly's solo episode. And then the last two weeks of the year, basically the week I think of Christmas and the week of New Year's, we are taking a break and then we shall be back at the first of the year. So yeah. if if we go silent for a couple of weeks, please nobody panic. Don't panic. We're, we're yeah, coming no back. Panicking. Actually, we will be yeah. one resting because we both need kind of a little bit of a just a whoo, just a break. But also we will be plotting because that's what we do. Um, and for anybody who is a follower of the Smut Lancer website, that will go quiet for those two weeks as well. So no newsletters, no blog posts. I'm actually taking a break for two weeks. That right. Is- and on the, on that note, 2020, like if you have a burning topic that, I mean, obviously small questions we will ask in the mailbag, but if there's something you would love us to cover um, in our main episode or individually, maybe there's something like you'd really like to hear me talk about or Kayla talk about, or even potentially you're like, hey, could you get a guest? If you had ideas for a guest you'd love to hear speak, like, yeah, talk to us. This is totally about, you know, creating something that's useful to everybody. So if there's something that you have a suggestion for, um, let us know and we'll see what we can do with it. We can't promise anything. We're definitely probably not going to be getting, I don't know, like I think getting, you know, Obama is probably going to be beyond us, really. But just probably. Like, I don't want to say definitely, but probably. Probably, yeah. But, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, no. Re- realism. No. We, <laughs> might get, we might get somebody, but mm, no. I can think of a few people I would not mind having on the show. I also know that of the two of us, Molly is the stronger interviewer. So <laughs> I will look at her and go, hey, you want to record an interview with somebody? <laughs> yeah. I'm up, totally up for that. So yes, if you have suggestions of somebody you would love to hear interviewed on the Smart Lancer podcast where we talk about Smart lancering stuff, then uh, hit us up with your suggestions and maybe we'll see what we can do. Exactly. So with that being said, two more episodes for 2019. One of us will be back next week. Oh, that's right. It'll be me. I have, guess I should figure out what I'm going to talk about. By the time you hear this episode, I will have figured it out, I think. <laughs> I think I'll figure right. out my topic. Um, and that that is it for this week. And so we will catch you in another week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.